Speakers podcast. My name is Pierre and I'm your host. I'm happy to have our VP of Education, Caroline. Hello, Caroline. Hello, Pierre. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I was just saying that I'm in my alternative accommodation, <laughs> having been unfortunately ousted from my family to avoid COVID isolation. Wow. But for 10 days. Yeah. So luckily, my friend has put me up. So I'm not in my usual place, which is a little bit, been a little bit unsettled for the week. But on the whole, I'm I'm enjoying my change of scene. Well, there you go. At least you're staying safe, which and you avoid isolation, which is mm. definitely better. So let's start from the beginning. Are you from the Solihull area? No, definitely no. not. I'm from Yorkshire, just south of Leeds, okay. and I live there with my family till I came to university in Birmingham okay when I was 18 what did you study I studied medicine Medicine. and of course it's one of those vocational training courses where you sort of go straight into your training posts after university and uh, I stayed I stayed there ever since now live in Solihull uh, with my family Uh, and I don't think I think this is probably where I shall stay (laughs) <laughs> did you always <laughs> want it to be a doctor um no I, I remember actually I wanted to be a vet and oh. uh remember going on the tra- the uh work experience that they do and there was this uh they tried to get a cat out of a basket and, went, and <laughs> I nearly bit them and and then a dog turned and had a bit of a growl and they had to then put a poor dog down just because at that point um, they were, that's what they did. They didn't have these homing, rehoming centres at the time. And all in all, I just thought, I'm mm, not sure about this. I don't want to get bitten, scratched or um, <laughs> euthanise animals. So I changed my mind and decided to go into medicine instead. OK, so are you a general practitioner then? Yeah, yeah, I'm a GP and they're practising Solihull. And I work part time, but I specialise in dermatology. So I do a lot of the community dermatology, which I've been doing for 20 years. Oh, I didn't know that. um, Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Everybody has their own sort of specialty and that's mine. And there's there's plenty of it about. There's plenty of work, should I say. (laughs) No shortage. As um, because of obviously the you know, climate change and all that, do you see uh, an uptick in people with weird melanomas or whatever? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. see a lot. I mean, I think we there's an increase in elderly population, so the skin cancer that just you know really hitting the roof. There's a lot of that work, especially in Solihull, the white older skins. I'm afraid. <laughs> so. Don't forget to put your sun cream on. But melanoma, interestingly, sunburning children or young adults where it's the highest risk for melanoma, uh, whereas, you know, in the older years, it's the different types of skin cancers, the, the basal cells, the squamous cells. So it's a slightly different, um, you know, population are getting that type. So yeah. particularly cream your children is, I think, the message and get them to learn how to do it and to understand the importance of it. Oh, definitely. I mean, my wife grew up in Florida and they never wore sunscreen out. So 
she always had some you know skin issues always check you know check your moles and all that so now my mm-hmm. kids are always lathered in sunscreen whenever they go out so that's always good advice mm-hmm. Over the last year, obviously, as a GP, I'm sure you had an interesting year with COVID. What was your experience being on the front lines? Well, actually, we were quite protected as GPs from it. Um, I think we are private. We are independent contractors. We are a private business providers, which is insurance wise. That's quite different as we are responsible for our staff and our staff's health. So our experience was we were very much protected and we weren't seeing patients. We were dealing with them on the phone. So all our consoles changed to telephone virtually and within overnight, it was unbelievable. And in fact, I think the majority of the consoles will stay like that with a triage as to whether you need to be seen face to face. So it was, it's been quite an experience, but I think that we're finding now that we're getting back to normal that a huge increase in demand And I think it's quite a struggle to cope with it all. But for those people who are wondering, we are seeing more people face-to-face. So don't worry, you can get your face-to-face appointment if you need it. Uh, But I think a lot of it's on the triage to start with. So so don't worry, we're we're getting good at this triage now. We're getting used to when we need to see people. Good to hear. Thank you, doctor. Obviously, (laughs) we're here to discuss something else. Obviously, we're talking about Toastmasters. When did you start being a Toastmaster and what did you join? Well, I joined because I had a a, a dermatology project on at work and I realized I had to do public speaking and I had to, I was terrified of public speaking (laughs) and I had to do something about it. So a friend of mine had suggested Toastmasters and found the Solihull, when I found the Solihull Club, I decided I was going to start. And it was about three, four years ago now I started. And at first it was terrifying, but very quickly I started to enjoy it and realise the benefits of it and a great group of people that you meet at Toastmasters. So I quickly became, I went on the committee after about a year. I was sergeant of our at arms. And then the second year I sort of was dropped in the deep end <laughs> as VP. I decided to drop myself in as VPE. Uh, quite an experience. I felt initially I felt like all at sea, likened this to my whitewater kayaking, these waves coming in all different angles at me, are things I have to do. But very quickly, it's all settled and I, and I got the hang of it. OK, so you're, you've been the v- we were served together last year on the committee. So you are the VP of education. Can you tell our listeners who may not be familiar, what does that entail to be the VP of education? Yes, Pierre, it, it involves setting up all the meetings online now i've never had a commuter lesson in my life dealing with them but easier than i thought set up all the meetings allocate all the roles and generally help people meet their goals i give people advice on their pathways and their speeches that they need to do for those pathways and how to complete them and how to register all this on Toastmasters International and there's quite a lot of stuff it's quite a lot of um, interaction between these different systems so a bit of a challenge. I was gonna say I mean it's really involved because in a meeting you have speakers so you have to assign them slots you have evaluators you have to assign them slots and then you have to keep track of everybody's progress so when you first started how did you how did you get started I guess is my question. 
you just figure it out on your own? Or? No, no, I had um, I had a great teacher. I had Tanya, poor Tanya, had uh, quite a number of sessions with me, uh, figuring it out. But I think that the main thing that I would say is you need to just play on that computer, just play, hitting all the tabs, messing about with it. And most of it, it'll the system will do it for you if you've put it, you know, if people put it on right. So it's not as difficult as it's, it's not as difficult. It's just all the ins and outs and how it all fits together. You've just got to work that out. Were you computer literate or did you find the task really daunting or? Yes, I'm not very computer literate. Having said that, of course, we use computers at work all the time. And as I say, I think it was just sitting in front of the telly with the computer on my knee and messing about with it. I think the kids do this really well, don't they? They're, they're not scared <laughs> of it. They just mess around, tap a few buttons here, there and everywhere. And um, before I knew it, I was starting to get the hang of it. But it is it is quite complex. And even now I'm learning new things that I haven't, I didn't realise the system would do. Do you have an example? Well, for example, I've never emailed an individual through EasySpeak until this morning. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I emailed our past president to ask a question and I didn't know where the email was and I had to ask help, you know, go on to help and ask where it was and I eventually found it and I sent an email. So we'll see if he responds and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we're about to find out. Yes, the easy speak is the, uh, you know, Toastmasters software that does all this scheduling and whatnot. How did, did that, did that help you in your job with uh, messing around all this computer stuff? Yes, I think it's um, being able to, to tackle something that you felt you couldn't do. And actually, by the end of the year, feeling very confident about it, almost the experts have to teach somebody else. I think it's, <laughs> maybe I feel I'm not quite so computer illiterate as I thought I was. So I think that, you know, it's like anything in life. It's, it's you know, battling away at that new challenge, having to go at it, nibbling away at it. But I think the important thing about this job is doing it lot, a lot and just little bits, but often. So every week, at least once or twice a week, I'm on it, on that system, doing yeah, it. Think, so I think that's... Yeah, I think it's of, like everything else in life, you know, because mm. you, when you start Toastmaster, you're like, I'm never going to speak in front of everybody. And then you try a little bit and then you're like, oh, well, it wasn't that bad. So I'm thinking when you're looking at all this computer stuff, you're like, okay, where do I start? Well, you click one tab do one task and then you know do the next you just uh, break down the task in little tasks yeah you just nibble away at it i think that's why i would say nibble away a little bit at a time there you go so last year i guess was a learning year as far as being the vpe this year you're vpe again what what do you think you're what do you have any goals that you want to achieve as this in this year being the vpe again i think i'd like to try and train somebody else because mm -hmm. I think the training, as I say, was quite daunting for me at the beginning. And it took oh, quite a few hours with Tanya of training initially. And I think it would be nice to get others to get involved a little bit. And it was interesting. Um, Abby came up with something that she'd seen on one of the, on when she was looking on one of the sites that the, the person who's Toastmaster for the evening could actually do the allocating of roles. And that might be a nice little job for some interesting participants to allocate their own team for the for that meeting. 
And that might get start to get people started in using Easy Speak. And then hopefully somebody will blossom (laughs) and uh, want to do the job for the next year because they don't want to be doing this forever. (laughs) No, I hear you. So, dear members, I know you're listening. So if you'd like to be trained as Caroline VPE, well, you know where to reach her. Looking ahead uh, further down the line, where do you see yourself as a Toastmaster? Where do you see yourself go? Um, I haven't really given that too much thought. At the moment, I'm uh, very busy with a project at work, but I think everything that I've learned in Toastmasters is going to be needed, absolutely everything to get through this next six months. But after that, I'm, I'm, hoping, to, I'm hoping to develop, I'm hoping to do a few of the competitions. I've perhaps not been as successful, but I think it's a the competitions are something that takes time, doesn't it? It's maturity, I think, and uh, and time on those competitions to to get in. And um, I quite like uh, the idea of being president at some point, or even you know an area leader or something like that in time. But I think I've got to see how this year goes because work is incredibly busy and incredibly taxing and I don't want to do, I think I feel like I'm splitting myself into about 10 pieces at the moment and I think that's not really good for me or for Toastmasters itself. Can you tell us about your work project or is it confidential? No, no, it's not confidential. It's, we do, we're trying to do dermatology referral management. Mm. So we're trying to make sure that all the the referrals that go into secondary care are appropriate. Now, you've got to bear in mind that over COVID, the the whole of BSOL, there's been about 8,000 outstanding uh, referrals that just haven't been dealt with because they just haven't had capacity. And and somebody's got to look at all those. So the first thing is looking at those and making sure that those patients have been dealt with properly. And then there's this the other bit of work which is involved in making sure that the right patients are sent in because somebody like me who's got the specialty can deal with an awful lot more than, than a lot of GPs. And it's, it's making sure that the, the patients get that advice first because dermatology, it can't sustain itself, not with the way that the um, skin cancers are increasing and those people need to go to hospital and they don't need to be flooded by those that don't need to go. So that's where, um, and, and it's managing, managing that. We're trying to do it for the whole of Solihull. So we're going to offer it, to, hoping to offer it to every patient in Solihull that they will be able to see somebody like me if it's not thought to be too serious and dealt with in the community and having a you know, proper community service. Wow, that's a... Uh... That's a big task, but uh, I'm sure I know you a little bit. I'm sure you're up for it now. Well, we're you're... starting a little bit at a time, a little that's nibbling a... away at the time, a little bit at a time. I think that's the key. You It's just a big task. You just have to break it down, a, a small task you can do now, and a small, another small task, another small task, and eventually you'll get to the end. Well, that's my experience anyway. Well, I think... Well, I hope down the line you'll be president. I think you'll be really good for it or even more involved in other areas like, um, you know, being area, being involved with Toastmasters in the area. I think you'll be really good for it. Got my vote. <laughs> Thank you, Pierre. There are things I'd like to talk to you about. I got a text from you late last night and uh, I, I read it. It's like, ah, yes, you are a scout leader, aren't you? <laughs> 
Yes, yes. I, well, I used to be a scout leader. Unfortunately, I've had to give that role up, but that's where my canoeing started. So they, they had all these canoes hanging around in their, somebody's backyard with nobody to take them out. And I must, have, I must have told somebody once upon a time that I used to be into canoeing. And it was a big mistake because they picked <laughs> up on that and they said, oh, what perfect, you can lead the scouts down the river. Um, and I said, no, 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 well, I've done that, been there, it's wet, cold, I'm not doing that. Well, six months later, I'm on the training course and it all started from there, leading the... Leading the, getting the qualification, leading the scouts, and also starting to enjoy canoeing again for myself. No, you did a great speech about that, and uh, that was interesting. I think right now how you how you did with your uh, with being a scout, and how you did with Toastbuzzer, I see a similar pattern. Oh, it was a big task. I'm not sure if I wanted to do it, and then all of a sudden you're all gung ho into it. That's pretty interesting. Mm. I think. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Um, it. It takes quite a shift, I think, to get back into the canoe. But now I'm back. I, I realise why I loved it so much. It's fabulous sport, wet, wild, and completely gets you completely away from work. Yeah, something completely different from the stress of work. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could see how it could be. I mean, you're middle of the river. There's nothing else around you, and that's, yeah, that's so you've just cool. got to concentrate on the water and making sure you don't capsize. <laughs> especially in the delicious warm british water especially in the winter yeah so we do that we do that we canoe all year round because of course the winter's when the water comes most of it anyway that's amazing it, did you ever capsize by the way oh i'm always capsizing yes <laughs> <laughs> yes you, you capsize and you there well the intention is always to roll the boat back up again and most times i can do it I've uh, just been uh, surfing in uh, Cornwall and the big waves of the, the surf turned me over a couple of times. But mm. yeah, I got the hang of it. I had, had a great time. All right. Uh, excuse us for us who are noobs. So when you're in a boat, you're in like a single canoe or a kayak? kayak what's the difference? I'm not sure. Uh, well, the, the, the canoes are the big open um, mm-hmm. ones where you can have two or three people in. And you, well, they're more stable. They are, but they're more for flatter water. And then there's the kayaks where you have the spray deck. So you, you're completely enclosed in your boat. And those are the ones where if you capsize, you can roll yourself back up. And obviously the boat stays dry. And we all wear dry suits. So we stay dry, apart from my hair. It's really weird to get out and you're perfectly dry, except I've got wet hair. <laughs> but um, yeah. It's it's a great fun sport. I love it. Completely isn't it, different. Is it isn't it kind of scary to be underwater? You're like eek. It is. <laughs> yeah, but that's all part of the challenge, I think, isn't it? Oh, that's half of the fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, underwater, well, you can't really breathe, but that's that's part of the fun, obviously. Well, the challenge. Okay, occasionally you have to get out and have a little swim, and that's not so good. That's quite cold. Uh, but usually, as long as there's somebody there, you're not on your own, somebody there to, to rescue you, it's okay. What's the best spot where you went uh, kayaking in England? Well, I'm going to say somewhere in Wales. Wales? I'm going to paint you a picture. Please do. Of a beautiful sparkling river, white, silver, sparkling with all the, how the, the sun, in the middle of summer, because it's a dam release, so... 
It's beautiful day, lovely and warm, and they're sparkling across the water. And you're just going for mile after mile of beautiful sparkling water through the trees, through the avenue of trees, with friends on a lovely summer's day. And when you get out at the bottom, it's beautifully warm. And you can just sit on the bank and have a cup of tea and watch that water go by. And that is the best day ever. I challenge you, anybody, to, to have a go at that. I think that image will probably be what we're going to end up on. That's uh, really nice. I have that in my head now, so I don't want to lose that. <laughs> Caroline, is there anything you want to tell our uh, listeners? Where can they find you in case they need uh, skincare, I guess? Well, I'm always, for, for, um, for Heart of England Toastmasters, I'm always uh, approachable online, or hopefully we'll be in person very soon. So look out for me at the club. If there's any questions you've got on your pathway or easy speak, please let me know. Uh, I can reset passwords and things like that and help you with your uh, progress. And we're hoping to get everybody through the speeches, through the levels this year and get our 10 DCP points gained. So, yes. so happy speaking. Yes, happy speaking. And that will conclude this episode of the Heart of English Speakers podcast. My name is Pierre, and I was here with Caroline. Please join us every first and third Tuesday of the month, uh, currently online, but hopefully soon in person. For all information at www.heartspeakers.org.uk, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.